I hope as each mother here has uh, experienced the day so far, I hope it's a wonderful day. I hope that you're known that you're loved. I hope that you're told that you're loved. I hope that you're shown that you're loved. We want you to know that uh, we appreciate you and we love you and we value you and we believe all moms are a blessing from the Lord. Uh, sometimes we struggle a little bit with telling you in, in the right way. I'll, I'll show you what I mean by that. There's a little boy named Joshua. Uh, he wrote this to his mom on Mother's Day. Uh, mom, I just wanted to tell you that Mother's Day wouldn't be possible without me. <laughs> I'll be waiting for my present in the living room. Love, Joshua. Well, hopefully you didn't follow Joshua's example, uh, but we hope that the, the, the sentiment, the spirit that was intended uh, comes across, that we love you and that we want you to know that uh, God loves you too and has a great purpose for you. We, we love you and, and that's why we're talking about, as has already been said, we're talking today about a mother's purpose. Uh, we're thinking about uh, what a mom does and why she does it and why all that matters. Uh, for sure, we love you, and, and we know that you love us because of the, the ways in which you love us. I mean, you know, if you just think about, even uh, as you were came into this world, your mother uh, paid a painful price to bring you into this world. It came, you know, for nine months she carried you, and, and that... that Bond, that what happens in that time uh, just shows uh, how much of a sacrifice motherhood is. And so it's not easy to do. But it doesn't just end there, of course. It continues day to day. Uh, as we think about loving our moms, I want to tell you about one thing that I know that all moms, regardless of where you are, one thing that all moms love. Ready? You know what it is. All moms love Chick-fil-A. <laughs> this is indisputable. It is, is undoubtable. There, there is, as scientific evidence studies have been done, there is no mother in here that does not love Chick-fil-A. Now, I, I thought about why that is. Now, I'm there occasionally, and every time I'm there, whether it's in the morning for breakfast, lunchtime, mid-afternoon snack, Dinner time, late at night, right before they close. There's always, always moms there. Why is that? Well, maybe it's maybe it's the good food, like you see pictured up here. I mean, it it's really good, and they have this really good app. And usually, there's a freebie or two on there. Uh, the, the the drink refills are free, so I mean, you know, that's a good first start. Maybe that's why moms are there, but but probably not. Perhaps, perhaps it's the fellowship. There's lots of, you, usually when you see moms at Chick-fil-A, they're, they're all together in community. They're, they're sharing the laughter and the joy and the trials and the tears. Uh, I call it momraderie. It's, it's this connection, this community that they all have, uh, chicks at Chick-fil-A. But, but really that's not it either. Um, may, maybe, Maybe it's, ah, I, I've got it. Maybe it's the free Wi-Fi. And you, maybe you didn't know this, but, but you can go there and, and, you know, connect your phone. Don't have to use any. You can binge watch on Netflix. You can catch up on your podcast, scroll through social media, all of that. And, and you won't have to pay a single penny in extra data charges because Chick-fil-A loves you that much. 
Maybe it's food. Maybe it's fellowship. Maybe it's free Wi-Fi. And, and while all of these things are great, I finally figured it out. I pinpointed why it is that all mothers love Chick-fil-A. The reason is this beautiful, magical, enclosed, soundproof space known as the Play Place. Uh, if you've not been to Chick-fil-A, uh, the Play Place is basically like jail, except the kids don't know they're in jail. There's a lot of fun things in there, but it's got a closable door. And, and, and as the kids are all in there playing, the mothers are gathered around regaining their sanity. Moms, moms need a break. And, and here at Chick-fil-A, they can get one. Uh, why? Because motherhood is a lot of managed chaos. And sometimes the chaos comes in the form of a six-year-old named Billy. And he just needs to go to the play place for a little while. And so, I want you to know, uh, some churches give out flowers to moms and, uh, and do some sort of special thing, but at Northside, I've arranged something special for you today, okay? If you're a mom, you can go to Chick-fil-A today and get anything you want, okay? <laughs> Just put it on Northside's bill and we'll handle that. We're, some of you will get that as you pull into a closed Chick-fil-A and oh, that was a bad idea. Let me play a devil's, devil's advocate from God's pulpit. Some skeptics might ask, why exactly is this so important? Why exactly do moms need a break? Now, before I answer my own question, let me just warn you, never, ever, ever, ever ask this question in public. But from up here, I can pretty much dodge all things thrown, and, and this is a safe space. But... The reason that moms need a break is this. Moms face a lot of pressure. They face a ton of pressure in, and they always have. If you've ever read Proverbs 31, if, you'll, if you're turning in your Bibles uh, to page 707, it talks about this amazing woman of the Lord. She, she fears the Lord. She loves her husband. And... and it's oft times that we hear Proverbs 31 brought up in a sermon on mothers specifically. And, and I, you know, when you read through some of these things, just think about the, the expectation we place sometimes on our wives and mothers. She seeks wool and flax. She works with willing hands. This is about verse 13. She is like the, sh- the ships of the merchant. She brings food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maiden. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hands to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known among the gates, and he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and she delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. And the, uh, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. 
She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. And that's a, a, a beautiful picture, but my goodness, the standard is awfully high. Uh, I can't but maybe think that there might be a mother or two who's just struggling to get the Cheerios in the bowl and the kids to school. And then she reads this and, and feels even worse about herself. There's a lot of pressure. There's pressure not just biblically, but in the world. Someone once said that a, a mother has got to have the strength of Samson, the wisdom of Solomon, the patience of Job, the faith of Abraham, and the courage of David. Now, all of those elements, we realize that moms have a lot on them. And in addition to all that pressure, there's so many expectations. She has expectations from her husband. She has expectations from her own mother. She has expectations of her mother-in-law, from her mother-in-law. She has expectations of other moms at her level who are on social media and seem to have been doing it perfectly for years. She has expectations from moms who judge them because they've already raised their children. And they judge those moms using those standards. They have expectations from so many people and mostly from themselves. It's a hard time to be a mom. All of those expectations can fill a mom, can fill any reasonable person with fear, with anxiety, with frustration, and stress. And so we do well to honor moms, not just today, but hopefully every day, to love them, to honor them, to cherish them, to protect them, and yes, to give her a break. And so when you take her out to dinner today and she doesn't have to make the, the food or wash the dishes, or when you, you serve her in some way, you bring her a gift or, or do something for her, you honor her and cherish her for the gift and the job that she does. And moms, for the rest of the message, I, I want to talk to you because there is, there is one thing, really I think the thing that you can do in the face of all that pressure, and that is this, wise moms... Focus on their purpose. Uh, your purpose is to help your family follow Jesus. With all of the expectations in our world, with, with all of the expectations from other people, with all of the other expectations placed upon you, don't forget your purpose. Don't forget your mission. And mission number one is to lead your family to Jesus. And, and that sort of simplifies and clarifies things. That, that, that all the other stuff will work itself out. That the, the ball games and the practices and, and the rehearsals and, and the, the housework and, and the, the relationship, your marriage, those things will, and, and those things are important, but the number one mission is to help lead your children and your family to Jesus. Everything else kind of has to take a back seat. Um, if you're following along in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the first book in the New Testament, Jesus teaching, teaching a, a famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. We're on page 
1041. And in, in that sermon, toward the, toward the, uh, about two-thirds of the way through, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. See, if we put the king and the kingdom first, then everything else falls into place. See, see, another way of saying it might be, as one preacher said, your greatest contribution to the kingdom might not be in what you do or what you achieve or in where you go. But your greatest contribution to the kingdom might be in who you help raise. Your children follow you. They watch your example. And mothers have a a great example and an influence. So how do we focus on a purpose? How do we do that in a practical way? A couple suggestions that I offer you. Number one, trust God's hand. Uh, uh, Mothers take Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 right to heart. In fact, if you don't have it underlined or highlighted in your Bible, I hope that you'll, you'll do that maybe this morning and remember it when you have those hard days. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, which is page 676 in this ver- in pew Bible. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Just a simple element of trusting God and not leaning on your own understanding. Uh, Moms trust a lot of their own understanding, or they'll Google it and find some mom blog and get all their understanding. But but the scriptures tell us that, that our first job in, in being a, a mother, a kingdom mother, is to trust him and not lean on our own understanding or our own wisdom. And sometimes moms will have to do this every single day. We can look at several examples in scripture and, and be reminded of ways in which mothers who were aligned with God's purpose had to trust him. Think about Jochebed, the mother of Moses. Now, now she had this fine child, the scriptures say. And can you imagine mothers now holding this baby boy and realizing at a certain age that you could no longer hide him? What do you do? What do you do in that situation? What she did was she made a basket. She coated it with tar on the pitch on the inside, gently laid this leader of God inside of it. And then he was put out onto the Nile River. Not, admittedly, I have not read all the mom blogs. Uh, this is, there's probably not a Pinterest page for this, for mom ideas. But I would not suggest this. This, this doesn't sound like a, a great parenting technique. But what Jacobet is doing in that moment is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to trust your hand with this little boy. One example. 
We think of the story of Hannah. When she, she begged and begged and begged God for a child, she had been unable to have a child. And if you're a woman who's in that position or you've been in that position, you know the heart-wrenching feeling of that. But then God answered her prayer and gave her a son. And she, after little Samuel was weaned, took him to the temple and literally entrusted him to the care of God. And he became a great prophet by his mother's trust in God's plan. I love what Ruth Graham said. This quote is attributed to her. She said, a mother's job is to take care of the possible, the feeding and and the clothing and the day-to-day, but to trust God with the impossible. All of the externals, the people that are kind of coming to your children's lives, the, 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 the way in which the world and the culture will change. They're, they're, we've got to do the things that we can do, but we've got to trust God with the things we can't do. And that's true for moms and dads. Now when we do that, and we go back to the book of Matthew as Jesus continues preaching, Matthew chapter 6, now verse 34, Therefore... Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. If you take verse 34 by itself, that's an impossible command. Uh, Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for, for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. How can I not be anxious about tomorrow? I mean, tomorrow holds. So many things. I mean, my kids are old in school. I've got to make sure that college fund is there. I've got to make sure they get to college. I've got to make sure that they're, they're successful in life. I've got to make sure they're signed up for the ball team. I've got to make sure they have the right friends. There's so many things that got to happen tomorrow. And that is an impossible task unless we remember verse 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And so when a mother focuses on her purpose then the things which the tasks which she sets out to do become easier. She does that which she can do today, and she leaves the rest in God's hands. The second second thing, in addition to trusting God's hand, is building your house. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1, the scripture that was already read, the wise woman builds her house. But with her own hands, the foolish one tears her down. Now, this is just a word to our culture in 2019. It is so much easier to tear someone down than it is to build them up. Building up takes time, it takes encouragement, it takes patience. You know, building up a little child, building up another mother, those are things that are, but it's so easy to give a snarky comment. A critical word. Just just tearing down someone else. Even if you don't know them. And, and the scriptures tell us that or charge us and, and, and inspire us to be builders, not destructors. So wise moms build their home and they build it on him and they build it for him. As you build your house, remember that... <laughs> Your job is not to focus on everybody else's children, on everybody else's family, on everybody else's calling and mission. No, God gave you your house to build. So build your house 
Because I, because I am a hundred percent guaranteed believe that God gives you the children that you need. And God gives those children the parents that they need. So you are uniquely equipped and called to parent your children and to build your house. So be a builder and focus on building your house and not worrying about anyone else's. As you build, remember that there's a saying that goes more is caught than taught. As you build, you're setting that example for your children. You're setting for them a living example of so many things. And, and one of the key things is faith. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, there's this scripture where a verse that Paul mentions as he writes to the young Timothy. He says, verse 5, For I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois, and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. See, the church felt the impact of Timothy and, and Paul, but really what they were feeling the impact there was of Lois and Eunice. If you're a mom, if you're a grandmother, don't forget the impact that you make. I, I had a gentleman tell, I didn't ask for his permission to share this, so I won't give you his name. But he's here this morning, and he said, my mother was a very godly woman. So she's, she's been gone about 40 years ago, but I still am grateful to her for what she did. She taught uh, our family all of the Bible stories in the Old Testament. She didn't depend on Sunday school teachers to do that. She did that. And so those stories are in his heart because of what his mother did. Now, do you understand the impact that that mother made? She passed away 40 years ago. And her legacy is still impacting all of us here this morning. So don't forget to build your home, be a builder, and be the example. Because when you do that, and you're doing that focused and aligned with God's purpose and doing it for his kingdom, the legacy that you leave will far outweigh any earthly memories you leave. It's a legacy. It's an impact. Mothers are a great blessing from God. And so as we've thought about mothers, we've thought about mother's purpose and how to put that into practice, may I just remind you that there are few things sweeter and deeper and more genuine and powerful than a mother's love. But there's one, and that is God's love. And God loves you deeper than you could ever fully know, deep and even more than your own mother. And if your mother was not the greatest and you, you struggle with Mother's Day, you need to re be reminded that God still loves you with that great, impactful, powerful, life-changing love. His love much like your own mother's, came at great cost to him. With, with God, it came at the cost of his own son, living his life and dying that perfect death for each and every one of you. And so may we not forget how deep the Father's love is for us. This morning, if you don't know the Father, if you're, if you're not in relationship with your heavenly Father, there is only one way the Scriptures tell us to do that, and that is through Jesus the Christ. 
If you are ready to obey the gospel, if you're ready to put him on in baptism, if you've known Jesus at one point but walked away from Jesus, I need you to know it's not too late to return to Jesus. That can happen this morning. Oh, it may please your mother, but it will give great joy to your Father in heaven and all the angels that surround him. This morning, if you need to come to Christ, or if you need to repent and turn back to Christ, uh, let us help you with that, whatever your need might be. Please join me down front as together we stand and sing.